welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Daniela Binatti, co-founder and CTO at Pismo. Pismo is a next-gen banking and payments at hyperscale. Danny created and launched Pismo in 2016 and have brought them to today, where they are now a global leader in cloud-native core banking. In 2020, they grew their employees to 250 people, and in 2021, they completed a $108 million Series B funding round. Danny is a passionate advocate for women in tech, diversity and inclusion, and mental health. She is walking the talk to end the stigma around mental health in the workplace too. And she is here to share her journey. Danny, welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast. Thanks, Nadia, for having me. So it's super exciting to have you here. Tell us a little bit more about your role and what it entails as co-founder and CTO and part of that founding team that's taken us to today. Yeah, sure. Actually, we are handling very critical core banking payments information. We are providing services to incumbents, to huge banks, especially in Latin America and also other fintechs who are building and delivering financial products to their end users through Pismos platform. So it's a very critical business. And our vision is to be the most reliable, innovative and complete infrastructure for payments like all over the globe. And my role as, like, I used to say that I'm all the time changing heads. Uh, as co-founder, I have not only to guarantee at this point that we are replicating the good services that we are providing for clients in Latin America to the others all over the world. And as a CTO, I'm looking really close to the foundation of the platform. So how it can not only keep, but also improve security, resilience, and performance. Because as I said, it's a really, really critical business. And looking at the moment that we are now, so there are lots of challenges around like expanding the team. I'm here and I'm really worried in looking closer to how we guarantee that we are replicating the same good services that we are providing here to, to the others. Absolutely. And it just seems like such exciting times for you all. Take us back. Like, Where did Pismo actually come from? Yeah, actually, we are four people at the founding team. Although Pismo started operating in 2017, we've been working together for more than 20 years. So we built another payments processing system in Brazil. It was a very successful company, but more focused on retail and what I used to say is that we are a very privileged group because we built a core processing system from scratch twice. The first one was actually from scratch. The second one is from experience. So we left the previous company not to launch Pismo, but after a couple of months of looking at the market and the new technology available, we thought that there was a huge opportunity to build something different. And then we decided to launch Pismo. So we spent almost a year just thinking how we could make and design a solution to provide better services to the market in a different way than we did before. And well, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. This huge congratulations to you because, you know, on your recent funding round, there was $108 million in Series B funding. So I wanted you to tell us a bit about that and what lessons you can share from that experience. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I used to say that it's a, almost a, like a university, going through university, being on this the diligence for raising funds. So 
although we announced the fundraising in October, like the whole process started in, back in like February. So it was almost nine months talking to dozens of investment funds and going through diligence, technical business and, and things. So we are learning all the time, especially in a fundraising like this that was led by so good and big investors like Axel, SoftBank and Amazon. So we are all the time learning. And it's really important, like lessons learned, it's really important that you have a really clear and plans and vision for the business, how we'll be operating, how you plan to achieve what you define in the strategy level, but also you have to be open to change the course if you need, especially in this stage of the company when we are talking to so experienced investors, sometimes you have to just listen and be open to review your plans if it's necessary i think that's really good advice isn't it because i think a lot of people that listen to this series they want to hear about that funding round what it looks like what you have to go through for it and to hear that you may need to change your plan or pivot is really really good to know but also you know you've got the funding round now i suppose the real work begins doesn't it so it'd be <laughs> yeah. lovely if you could share some of those plans for pismo yeah, awesome. And we are working hard all the time because once you define the plans, the strategy of the company, how we are going to achieve and provide the services all over the globe. So, of course, there are many people coming in. So we hired more than 200 people during the pandemic. So it's, it's been a, a huge challenge on, on the commercial side, but also lots of work to do in terms of onboarding all those people, especially in the scenario we've been for the past more than two years, everybody working from home. So define the onboarding process, like guaranteeing that people are following the same principles, that the culture can be replicated. So I'm talking to you now sitting in Bristol's office, although I'm, I, I live in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm here in Bristol, just meeting the team in person, and I, I had a, a cough with everyone, the international team yesterday. So we need to guarantee that not only the same service, but also the culture is replicated all over the globe. Because it, it's so easy, if you are not careful, like to build a company in Brazil, another one in UK, another one in Singapore. So we have to guarantee that we are the same. We are all Pismo. It doesn't matter where, where we are sitting. Now, that is really, really important to share because I think nowadays people are becoming to understand the importance of people within their business. Roll back 10 years, that just wasn't the focus. But now, you know, businesses are their people. And I love the fact that you're putting that culture piece right at the forefront of your growth plans and exactly what you're trying to do for the business. Now, I know that people in particular is something that you're very passionate about. And, you know, thinking about your passion around erasing the stigma for mental health in the workplace. I wanted you just to share some of your thoughts around that, what you've implemented at Pismo and what's actually driven that need. You know, that yesterday was a really interesting day for me exactly by the time that i was talking to this international team i could see that we are doing something right you know so i personally i have struggled for, for many times in my career because i've been working in a very male dominated world not only the financial services but technology are two segments that are still very male dominated but i like especially from 10 years ago i started like struggling with panic attacks and anxiety disorder and I love to openly talk about this to people because at that time I was working for another company and it was so hard for me 
Like I could spend the whole night panicking or struggling with anxiety. And by 9 a.m. in the morning the other day, I had to be there and just like as if nothing had happened during the night. So I think it's impossible to separate personal life from professional life because we are the same person everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. So build a place where people feel safe to talk about their personal struggles. It doesn't matter if they are mental or family issues or anything. And that we could see really close things like this happening, especially during the pandemic where everybody was struggling about like everything that was going on. So I, I think we are building and we are doing right by openly talking about things like this. So I personally try to talk all the time, but our HR, our people team, everybody's prepared and ready to help and to support the team that are going through things like this. And I think like people are grateful because of the environment that they can find here at the company. Yeah, and I can imagine that they totally are. And I'm really grateful that you're sat here on this podcast sharing such a personal journey with us because, you know, one of my big passion points is about opening up to the industry that we are people in this industry. And exactly what you said about being awake in the middle of the night, having anxiety or panic attacks and coming in and, and, and actually having the support to play at your best. And I really appreciate the fact that you've been so open with your own personal circumstance. And thank you so much for doing that because Innovate Finance released their power list. You are one of the senior leaders on that Women of Fintech power list and massive congratulations to you. And I think it's really important, everyone listening to this, that not only have you raised $108 million, you are a co-founder, CTO, you've been in the industry 20 years, you've suffered with anxiety and panic attacks, you are talking about it and you are creating a safe space in your workplace and absolute massive kudos to you for doing that. I think everything that you've shared takes me on to my next question really nicely because I love to talk about inclusion at work and I love for women such as yourself to talk about women in tech and that perspective and the things that you've been doing to try and drive better inclusion at work around that. So I wondered if you could share your thoughts there. Thank you so much for your kind words. And yeah, this is something that's been really important here, not only because we are at the founding team, the four people we are for, two women and two men. So 50% of the founding team are women and also the same replicates to the C-level. It makes a difference. We have a diverse team starting from the top, from the C-level. We talk about this all the time. So having a company that are formed by so grateful women and also have like Julie, although Julie, my, my partner here, she's leading the product team, we've been working in tech for more than 20 years already. So it's really important when you have role models. You know, sometimes it's difficult in the world that we live. Like you look to universities, you look to places, and most of the, actually most of the CVs that come to me to, for interviewing people to join in the team, sometimes I don't even know women applying to those places. So I try to make myself visible like not only internally at the company but also i used to attend to many technology events so people can see me and can understand that women can reach places like at the top or pursue careers in technology i've been out of pismo working with some organizations in brazil that are including women programs for women to, so they can develop and start learning how to code how to program and this is something that it's been really really nice for me to do 
Inside at Pismo, we have put in place, like recently, a dedicated DEI team to take care of inclusion, diversity, and it's really important not only have a group focus and looking at this, at those challenges, but also talking to us all the time and teaching us, especially so we can pay attention to unconscious bias and, and things like this. It's so powerful listening to you talk about all the steps that you're making. And I love what you say about representation and visibility. That is a huge part of what these podcasts are about. When I first started recording them, it's because I wanted to show the world, and excuse me, women do exist in, in financial technology and they're doing incredibly well here. And I think it's just brilliant everything you've spoken about, let alone all the investment you do to the next generation, which is so, so powerful. So it takes me to my last question, which is always my favorite, because I think that when the audience listen to this podcast and any of my other podcasts, they should leave the podcast thinking, what can I do now? So what would be your call to action with regards to what more all of us should be doing for genuine, authentic workplace inclusion? I think that the most important part, my call to action here would be for leaders, it doesn't matter if you're men or women, we have to be aware of things that are going on because some, some companies sometimes just put in place a DEI team and think that that's enough, but it's not enough. We make unconscious decisions sometimes and we have to be paying attention to our actions all the time and be open to talk and to learn. Like just putting in place a team to say that you have inside of the company, it's not enough. It's not enough. We have to be open to learn and to change our own behaviors in order to make a difference in the company and in the world. Absolutely. And what a beautiful way to end this podcast. We all have the responsibility to look at ourselves. And I'm just so, so in awe of everything that you've achieved so far in your career. I'm so glad that we've met to do this podcast because I can't wait to see what you do next and where you take Pismo next. And perhaps we can do another podcast in the future for you to give us an update. But for now, it has been brilliant learning about you and getting to know you, Danny, on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you so much for having me.